Welcome to Not By Bread Alone. Thank you so much for listening. If this is your first time listening, I really encourage you to go back and listen to my previous episodes. As always, you can reach me on Instagram at radfia, that is R-A-D-P-H-I-A. So today's title um, for this episode is True Love. And I think we all have our own opinions and thoughts as to what love is and society has played a huge role in that as far as like movies and the music we listen to. And of course, as well as how we were brought up and raised, um, I think that speaks volumes to what we individually believe is what is love, um, what we indi- individually experience as what love is or was. And today I'm going to speak about the ultimate love and how what scripture says love is. And the worldly views on love is referred to love as being a feeling. So let's just clear that up right now. Love is not a feeling. Love is a commitment or a covenant, agreement rather. You see, I know you're probably thinking, what is she talking about? Love can't be a feeling. Why? Because feelings are based on emotion. And feelings and emotions are ever-changing. Think about it. Like, one minute you could be mad about something, half an hour later you could be completely over it. And if love was like that, or if you think love is like that, that's why you hear about these relationships where people are like, oh, well, we were together, but and we loved each other, but we don't love each other anymore, blah, 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 blah. That's not love. Because like I said, it doesn't change. It would be terrible if God stopped or changed his love for us every half hour. In a nutshell, God is the ultimate giver of love. Better yet, God is love. And each and every one of us should strive to be loving to all humanity. And what I'm about to say next, I don't think you have to be spiritual to agree with me that we should be showing love to all people, regardless of gender, race, religion, political stance, social class, their disability, no matter what it is, we should be loving to everybody in this world. And I know some of you right now might be thinking, love, I don't love strangers. Well, keep listening because you'll see that love doesn't refer to just your family and friends. And I'm here to share what I've learned about love and what God says what love is really supposed to be. All right, so John 3, uh, verse 16, which everyone pretty much knows this one, tells us that, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone, not just Christians or Canadians, who believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. So that's not an emotion or feeling. His love was shown through giving. I want to say that if you don't know this already, God loves each and every one of us just as we are, broken, tattered, on the struggle bus. Does he want you to become a better, become a better person and live out your life of purpose and have him in your life? Yes. But it truly starts once you understand his love for you. I personally don't seek God to get him to love me. I don't have to pray every day and be to be like, oh, I'm praying to you, God, so you love me. He loves me regardless of that. I don't have to do anything for him to love me. 
He has the utmost grace and sometimes it's so hard to comprehend because our flesh will never fully get it. But you must bet that your creator cares for you and all his creations. And my concept and learning about love has really developed a lot since I became a mom myself. And for those that aren't parents yet, you will experience it, this love I'm talking about, and you'll be like, ah, I get it. And like, I would always hear people talk about their kids, how much they love them, and I fully didn't even understand it. Um, Some of you know this, or all of you know this, that, you know, Brad had two children before we got together, and like, I would see that amplified love he had for his kids, and I still didn't like comprehend it because I couldn't, like I never lived that. But when you do, it's just like this most powerful love you have for your child. And it's even hard to speak right now, like to find the words to explain it. But I know what's in my heart. And I think, you know, as a human, my love for my baby is this much. It makes me just like, think about, well, gosh, if I love Leona this much, how much does God love Leona? Heck, how much does God love me? And that to me alone, just like makes my mind like, just as like in awe. It's almost like thinking about all the stars in this, you know, in space, like it's just so much bigger than what we can even comprehend. And So another way I like to look at it too, and it kind of correlates with how God has the utmost grace for each and every one of us is that for all the animal lovers out there, think about your fur babies, how much you love them and how you will show grace to your beloved pet who pottied in the house or maybe you had a similar experience where your little dachshund barfs on your bed. Rest in peace, Conrad. But that love you have for them and still love them even when they do something like that. God loves us despite our bad behavior. There's nothing that you can do to make him love you more or less. And we should treat everyone in our lives with that same kindness and patience. And yes, even to the strangers at the grocery store. There are countless stories in the Bible or even in modern times where you hear about God having the most grace for wayward people. Heck, I myself am an example of that. God has showered me with his love despite my behavior and actions from my past. I was trying to fill voids in my life with drinking and jumping into unhealthy relationships. Those voids could never be filled until I found what was lacking. For some people, they think, well, if I just have more money, more more degrees, if I get that PhD or more this or more that, you know, whatever it may be, but they're never feeling fulfilled. And I'm telling you that The fulfillment will only come from God. Remember, he is love. And I think people will even get into relationships because they want to feel loved. But love isn't a feeling. And no one person can truly fulfill what God 
can, he's the only one that can feel that. All your fulfillment, motivation is found in God. Your wholeness is in God. So oftentimes you hear people saying, I'm just trying to find Mr. or Mrs. Right. Don't focus on that. Instead, worry about yourself being Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. Like I said, becoming fulfilled by God will then allow you to be more of what that other person will need. And God will direct you to your soulmate. And I heard this from um, what I'm about to share next is from Pastor Stephen Chandler. And he was saying, you know, at weddings, you hear, we gather together to unite two becoming as one. And that's not really the truth or the reality. It's more a half and a half becoming as one. Two broken, tattered people unite as one. Stephen then goes on to say that if it was two becoming one, that would imply that there were two holes and none of us are whole yet. We should be working towards that through sanctification, the act or pursuit of God in our mind and soul. Now, this episode isn't just based on people in relationships intimately, but also refers to your relationships with coworkers, friends, family, etc. And I feel like I need to just add this real quick, and that is, you know, that person that you can't stand at work or at school or wherever it may be, and you have ill will towards, God still loves him or her. And as you're rooting against them, like, oh, I I hope bad things happen to them or whatever it may be, God's on the flip side of that and he's rooting for them. Like, even if they did do something wrong to you, he's still thinking like, well, maybe we can save them. Maybe, you know, that's that lost sheep. Like, I'm still rooting for them. That's still my kid. I still love them. And we are to show love and be loving to all people in all walks of life. Jesus was sent to save all of us. And he was the examples of how we are to be on earth. So, excuse me. In um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8, we all know the scripture. But I just want to break it down and kind of talk about it, if you will, each each little sentence. And because this is this. This uh, scripture is like the perfect example of what love is to be and how we're to be to our parents, to our friends, to our siblings, to co-workers, to our husbands, to our wives, whatever it may be. Even the cash register, the cashier at the grocery store. So it starts off with love is patient and kind. So when little Susie is taking forever to put her shoes on and you're getting annoyed with your daughter speaking harshly hurry up that's not patient or kind or maybe it's the slow cashier at the grocery store and you're thinking in your head is it that difficult that's not patient or kind let's keep going then it says love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude So don't be telling people about how much money you make or be jealous of your spouse even if he or she makes more money than you. 
Then it goes to say it does not demand its own way. So when you're wanting your way, regardless of maybe it's about Christmas dinner, you want to have it at five and some other people need it to be at 630 and you're just being so wrapped up into that time that it has to be at five demanding your way. That's not love. Um, Love is giving. And I've spoke about that sacrificing even, you know, God shows us that all the time, especially with the fact that he sent his one and only son to save each and every one of us. Um, what else does it say? It, it is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. That's a big one and a hard one, I think, for a lot of people. Even for myself, I think it's easy to remember when someone did something to you. So you might be thinking, oh, he or she did this to me, or I heard they once did this. That's not love, guys. Um, it goes on to say, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Another translation here, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. And lastly, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Now remember, this pertains to your wife, your husband, your children, your parents, friends, but we are to demonstrate this to all people that come into contact with us, regardless of who they are. None of these come naturally, but we must try to do this. I know I will. There is not enough love in this world, but I will do my part. God has continuously showed his love for me in my life. As a matter of fact, I'm proud to be his example of true love. He gave his son to give me eternal life, and that gift is for anyone. He is the ultimate example of love because he is love. I hope you will want to practice showing being true love to everyone you encounter. I will make it my own personal mission and not just see it as something I ought to do and ought to be like, but I'm going to do it. And to be completely honest, when I was working on this episode this past week, I found my, myself like being really cranky and getting annoyed with silly things that were out of my control and came from other people. And I would think, man, as I work on this episode, it would just like speak to me like, well, there's an example of where I was definitely not practicing love. And like I said, it's not going to be easy, but it is something I'm going to strive to pursue. And, you know, so everything I talked about, I have to work at it. And like I said, it doesn't happen overnight. But with deliverance, I know I can be an example of true love to everyone in my life, and we all can. I hope you feel inspired. Now go let your little light shine.